Welcome to Camofoil, the podcast that digs for the truth and keeps on digging. I'm Denise. I'm Matt. And this is the podcast in which we uncover the hidden meaning of the most important stories that will never, ever make the headlines, and maybe some that do. Whereas other media outlets want to keep you in the dark, we shine a floodlight right in your face. You may think you're being blinded, but you're finally seeing the truth. So sit back and let us expose our truth to you. This is Camofoil. So for our first segment this episode, I think we need to talk about a very important issue that I feel like hasn't gotten enough coverage and really maybe there hasn't been enough analysis of it, but it's it's mail-in voting. That's right. Yeah, you never hear anything about it, but it's important for everybody to really understand what's going on with this. It really is. And I mean, I've heard the president mention it a few times, but of course, you know, the lamestream media, they just, they ignore it because they want to talk about uh, protesters or how much they love Joe Biden or something like that. Yeah, as always, they, they never give the president the attention that he deserves. I know. I mean, I don't understand what the man has to do to break through. He's tried everything that he that he can think of, but nothing seems to to really work. So it's a good thing that we're here to help fill in some of that gap. Yeah. So I guess maybe we should start off just talking a little bit about what mail-in voting is. Yeah. And why it's so dangerous and insidious as Democrats yeah. keep trying to push this on everybody. I mean, one of the nice things about the name mail-in voting is, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't, I didn't do any research on how it works. I'm, I just, I'm, I just by intuition, I can, I can guess from the name. Right. I mean, the real central core of it is you are mailing in your vote. Yeah. Which, as we know, is just rife with potential for all sorts of fraud or sneaky tricks and things for, for Democrats to really pull this election away from Republicans. I'm, I'm not proud of this, but when I was a young boy, I used to do all kinds of stuff with mailboxes. I once uh, threw a couple of handfuls of snow into a mailbox and uh, got caught. That was unpleasant. I would, st I would steal my neighbor's mail all the time. I'm pretty sure... Just as a joke, mind you, I voted for Jimmy Carter probably about uh, 15 or 20 times in the 1980 election. I mean, thanks a lot, Mr. and Mrs. Bernowski. I enjoyed submitting your votes for you. And that's the thing. Who would be able to tell that that was just one person trying to vote multiple times? They have no way of knowing that. Well, and look, I know that uh, maybe nowadays kids don't know how to write, no penmanship because they're on the I cubes or whatever they're using. But I had extraordinarily good penmanship and it looked exactly like a 45-year-old man's handwriting. Common Core has really destroyed that side of things for kids these days. I think that is a future topic that we need to look into. For sure. So basically to get back on track, you know, mail-in voting is a system where People mail in their votes and, and yeah, it is rife for all kinds of fraud. I mean, the other thing that I don't understand, and I don't know if you know anything about this, but how do people get the ballots in the first place? Do they just print them up on their computers or? Well, what the Democrats would like to do is they would just send ballots to 
everybody, no matter who they are or where they live or whether they're citizens or not, or even if they're dead. And that's part of the problem. I mean, you know, you could be getting ballots for somebody who used to live at your address and you can just fill that out and send it in. Politically, that is my worst nightmare. I couldn't think of anything more resembling a political hellscape than sending ballots to everyone. Right, because we all know that certain people just shouldn't be voting. And to just send it to everyone without them having to do anything to to work for it or earn it? I mean, I don't know about you, but I definitely wouldn't want some of my dead relatives voting in the 2020 election. I, I'm I'm fairly certain they would vote Biden. I mean, the guy's practically a corpse himself. Right. And this is, I mean, we know that this is what happens in Chicago all the time. They always are having dead people vote. Um, and they always vote Democrat. Everybody knows that dead people are the major constituency for the de- Democrats. I mean, Biden, last poll I saw, Biden's got the dead vote on lockdown. I mean, I think he's winning by 55% with that demographic. It makes sense to me because the dead are always looking for handouts. They're always, you know, they're living it up in their subsidized plots, having other people water the grass for them, bring Mm -hmm. them stuff all the time. Clean their gravestones or whatever they have. It's clearly a Democratic paradise. Yeah. The Dead Vote Democrat. That's the title of my next book book. I mean, that's that's exactly why the few times that uh, the truth has been able to break to pierce the media bubble, uh, they've been sounding the alarm about mail-in voting. Yeah. And the president has been right on that. I mean, he understands that if you just let anybody vote, Republicans wouldn't win any elections. I mean, I think after we're done recording this, we got to get on Twitter, hashtag necrofraud. We got to make that a thing. Yep. Got to make that a thing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, one of the concerns about mail-in voting is that, yeah, you're going to have fraud. You're going to have children. You're going to have dead people. Talk about people we don't want voting in the next election. Uh, I wouldn't want either of those constituencies voting. No way. uh, To tell you the truth. Now, one of the things that I'm a little confused about is... um, I also hear people talking about absentee uh, voting. That sounds to me like a great pathway for dead people to vote. Is that the case? I mean, is, is this another pathway for fraud? Well, I can understand that because the Democrats would have you believe that it's just the same thing. But as President Trump and others have made known, absentee voting is actually a great way for the elderly and other people to get their votes in um, and make sure that their votes are counted. Now, the difference is, so with mail-in voting, you have people just getting their ballots in the mail and then they fill Mm -hmm. them out and they just drop them in their mailbox and, you know, like we said, totally ripe for fraud and all sorts of problems. With absentee voting, you can, you know, if if you have problems getting to your polling place and, you know, if it's going to be tricky for you to vote, you can actually just have your ballot sent to you and then Mm. you can fill it out and then you can just send it back. And that makes it uh, really easy for you and make sure that your vote is counted in a way that is safe and effective. And so I can imagine why the Democrats aren't getting behind a system like that, because it sounds fraud proof. Right. I mean, the president has done it and all of his family because, you know, they're busy leading this country, so they can't make it back down to Florida to, to vote in person. And the Democrats yeah. would just have a field day with that. So by absentee voting, 
they're able to make sure that they're exercising their rights and their duties as citizens. Uh, it's really heroic of them. Yeah, it, it really is. And at the very least, the absentee system sounds corpse proof. Exactly. I think another thing we need to address with mail-in voting that people really haven't been talking about, because I know there has been some discussion of fraud and, and things like that, but what are you missing out on by not going in person to the voting booth, putting your ballot in the ballot box with your own hand? And yeah, you, there's just so much of that experience that you're missing out on. Yeah. I mean, election day should be a really special moment where you either get up super early so you can get to your voting place before you have to get to work or you rush home after work is done and, you know, try to get in before mm -hmm. the polls close. I mean, that's just the the American way. And to tamper with that or to try to get rid of that is really terrible and disheartening. There's something to be said for walking into that elementary school gym where all the kids are now locked out of and, you know, standing in line and waiting to meet some of your elderly residents who have volunteered their time. Uh, and don't forget the smell of 50 years of childhood sweat lingering in the air. That's the smell of democracy. It is. I always say democracy smells like the sweat of a young boy. Yeah, if they were to make a candle of American democracy, that would be it. I, I could see a camofoil, young boy sweat, Yankee candle collaboration. I mean, I think we should get on that. Or maybe we could just make the candles ourselves. I mean, if they can do it in Williamsburg, it can't be that hard. So true. I think you're exactly right about what we're missing out on with the in-person experience, the sounds, the smells, the waiting in line. I mean, that's where democracy happens. I mean, what bonds a nation better together than standing in line for three, six hours to cast your vote? And for me, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last time we were talking about masks. It's all about sacrifice. Nobody wants to sacrifice anymore. Exactly. This this generation of give me, give me, give me and instant gratification just don't understand or appreciate what our soldiers have fought and died for. And that is the right to wait in line to cast our ballots. Yeah, the right to wait in line for my yearly chat with Carla to catch up on what's happening with her bunions and her grandchildren. It is. It's the it's a perfect system. And for Democrats to try to come in and just destroy it, like I said, it's just unfathomable. The founding fathers did not go to war against the British for mail-in ballots. Yeah. And more than that, if George Washington can sit in a boat and cross the Delaware, I think I can stand in line and deliver a vote. Yeah. On a cold and icy night in the middle of a river. Yeah, it's not too much to ask to just stand and wait. We should have people standing in cold, icy water just so they can reflect on what it was like for Washington and his troops. That is a perfect idea. Really bring home what this country is about. Get a few historical reenactors to shoot off some muskets, uh, maybe a couple of cannonballs or two. I mean, is it is it too hard to ask? It seems pretty simple to me. And, you know, we can bring in some German Hessens uh, to really add to the authenticity of it all. Mm -hmm. Really just make a full a full day of it. 
Yeah, there's so much that people are missing out on by this crazy idea of mail-in voting. And what benefit does it have for people who are actually doing the mail-in voting? I mean, I can't think of a single thing. I can't think of any reason why somebody would want to just take their chance with mailing in their vote. And, and you know, take your time with it and no. Nah. Learn who all those judges are. I mean, everybody knows you vote for judges based on how funny their name is. That's the, the American system. Honestly, if you don't know who you're voting for going into it, you don't need it. I mean, you shouldn't be voting, but you don't need time. You shouldn't be thinking about it still. Yeah. Go with your gut. I mean, you got to just trust the gut feeling that you have when you see those names. You don't need to weigh yourself down by figuring out what they stand for or what they've done in the past or what they're promising to do in the future. You know if a person is good or not. Yeah, you can just tell. I have to say I'm a little surprised that uh, Democrats and liberals are so supportive of mail-in voting because I'm just wondering, where are the feminists on this? Mail-in voting? Right. I mean, you would think that the PC outrage police would be all over this, that this is clearly an affront to women. I don't think mail-in sounds like an inclusive term to me. No, I would think that... uh, They would be all over that. I mean, what kind of gender pronoun would we use to make this acceptable for everybody? It is a little strange that they're always taking certain members of the political landscape to task for the kinds of language that they use. But then all of a sudden, when it fits their agenda to get dead people and children voting Democrat uh, and sending in their fraudulent ballots or whatever... Um, all of a sudden, mail-in voting, oh, it's okay, you know. Right. It's it's another sign of just the total hypocrisy on the left. And I'm sure if Republicans had come up with mail-in voting, they would be all over that. But, of course, since it was Democrats, they can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Alice Paul wasn't starving herself just so we could have mail-in voting. Yeah, that's uh, another thing that concerns me is, isn't the United States Postal Service the avant-garde of socialism in this country? Well, that's an important point that we really need to emphasize. I mean, this is an organization that makes no money, will deliver mail to anyone anywhere in the United States for Fairly cheap because, of course, they're not concerned with profits, which is the basic standard of American capitalism. Mm -hmm. And that should really scare people. I mean, this is a system that just gets you to start feeling good about the government. You know, you start thinking, oh, look, I got my drugs in the mail. Isn't the federal government so great? And it's just a slippery slope into full-blown socialism. If this mail-in voting works and shows that the government can actually do something effectively, the next time you order your mail-in ballot, you're going to get a copy of the Communist Manifesto with it. It'll just be right there. And pretty soon you will just be voting straight Democrat down the line. And Mm -hmm. next thing you know, it's going to be universal health care and environmentally friendly policies everywhere you look. And so it really is the slippery slope. And we like to think about the economic dimensions of things. And um, how are private companies, the FedExes, the UPS, the DHLs, 
how are they going to compete with a service like that that doesn't have to think about the profit motive that can make people stand in line at the post office for 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes sometimes just to get a single stamp and people still show up? People still love the post office? I mean, how can our large corporations, which were already, by the way, we're hobbling them, how can they possibly compete with a service like that? Right. And to not be able to let people know that there is a cost for living in certain areas. I mean, the post office, like I said, if you want to send a letter to somebody, it's the same whether they live right next to the post office or whether the postal service is going to have to drive out 60 miles to get to your mailbox. And that's not fair. I mean, that's there's, you know, if you go to FedEx or UPS or something like that, They understand that there are costs to everything and they will rightly charge you more if you live far away. And that's just, you know, and if you don't want to pay that much to get your to get your mail or to send your mail, then you move. It's supply and demand. It's pretty basic. Yeah. Or walk it there yourself or whatever. Yeah. And and that's the other thing. These forever stamps that you just buy them and even when they increase the price of stamps you can use them i mean that would be like if i had a dollar bill in my wallet and kept it for 10 years it was still worth a dollar 10 years from now i mean it's crazy yeah does the postal service not understand how inflation works and that that is also part of any healthy economic system and you have to adjust for that i was in nicaragua in the 90s and they had terrible inflation and people were showing up with garbage i'm not kidding garbage bags full of money to deposit in the bank that's where we need to go yeah i mean think about how you know you hear people whine all the time like oh millionaires and billionaires are such a small percentage of the of the economic landscape well with inflation everybody can be a millionaire yeah, I got worried for a second there. I, I thought Bernie Sanders had walked into the room oh, for a second. I understand, but don't worry. Well, and here's the other thing that I forgot to mention when we were talking about going to in-person voting. What about all those people who work at the polls at the voting places? We're either putting them out of work or we're depriving a senior citizen of a solid day's worth of, of entertainment and meaningful interaction and actually contribution to society. Yeah. You're just going to keep shutting them up in their homes or in in nursing facilities or wherever. Like, this is their chance. This is their chance to interact with the public. And for Democrats to start talking about, like, oh, it'll put their health at risk because of this made-up virus that we have. It's clearly just another way that Democrats are anti-senior citizen. They are. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of ironic that Democrats are so pro-dead people and yet anti-senior citizen. I just... They're an enigma wrapped inside a mystery. Just nothing that they do makes any sense whatsoever. And speaking of things that don't make sense, let's go back to the historical record and try to get an idea of where this idea of uh, mail-in voting or absentee voting came from. Mm-hmm. And I kind of looked into this, you know, just a little bit to to see how far back these insidious plots go. And believe it or not, the first big attempt at absentee voting was during the Civil War and the 1864 election uh, that happened, you know, three years after the Civil War had already started. Wow. 
1864, or just prior to that election, those tricky Republicans decided that they needed extra help to make sure that Lincoln could get reelected. Mm-hmm. And so what they decided, and of course, I say Republicans, but you know, we know that that's not the Republican Party that we have now. It's not? Well, I mean, some of them were. So, you know, like Lincoln obviously embodies everything that's great about the Republican Party right. today. But he was surrounded by people who called themselves Republican, but really were what we would call Democrats now. So it was the Democrat Party. Well, it was the Republican Party, but they were like Democrats. But they were like Democrats. Yeah, they were essentially Democrats in waiting. You know, this is why I don't bother learning anything about the past, because it's just too confusing. This doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. And and what I take from it all is that the Democratic plot to really screw up American history and the greatness that is America yeah. just goes so far back that they were embedding themselves in Lincoln's Republican Party just so that they could switch things up on us and confuse everybody uh you know 100 years later i mean that's really thinking in the long term and this is this is really why this current administration shouldn't underestimate the democratic party because if if they're willing to go back to 1864 or possibly earlier and pretend to be republicans doesn't that mean that essentially the republican party of today is actually the democratic party i think it 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 could just be it's just so mind-blowing the deviousness and the potential that we'll have to look into of time travel and time travel shenanigans because that's really the only thing that can explain it to me. I mean, we've all seen those photos of uh, people in the 1800s with cell phones. What other possible explanation could there be for that than they're a time traveler? Right, exactly. There's no other option. You look at the Biden campaign, they're raising all this money, but they got no ground game. They're probably dumping all that money into some kind of uh, time travel technology, or maybe they're they're doing it already. That wouldn't surprise me in the least. And it's just another reason why the Republican Party really needs to make sure that it is not falling into a time machine gap with the Democratic Party. Yeah, it really, that's true. It is It is a time race. So, so getting back to 1864, right. there are these Democrats running around yeah. as Republicans. So yeah, and then there's a Democratic Party, which they claim that they claim the mantle of Democrats, mm-hmm. but there's possibly some Republican ideology in there that we would recognize today, which again, just goes back to that whole time travel messing things up. Right. Whatever. Let's, uh, but just, we won't get too, uh, yeah, we won't let that cloud everything. But just to be clear, the Republican party is still the party of Lincoln. Yes. Okay. That I think we can just, that's the rock to which we will cling on this. Right. Okay. Like a barnacle. Exactly. A barnacle of truth clinging to the rock of history. Yes. During the war, there was this fear that without having soldiers voting, it would really just throw the entire election into disarray. Mm. So, Can I just ask one question real quick? You sure may. Uh, The Civil War, it was between Democrats and Republicans, right? 
Right. I mean, you know, when we look at the when we look at the map, you know, we know that the north is just a hotbed of liberal, democratic meaning uh, identity people for identity yeah, politics. For right. Exactly. And wanting to make sure that, oh, everybody feels good and everybody gets their little participation trophy mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah. And then, yeah, in the south, you had, you know, people who understood that it's the individual that matters and it's property that matters yeah so you know it's it was about capitalism is what it really boiled down to and and so the the confederacy was basically the first republican government yeah even though they were calling themselves democrats but that means they're republicans yeah well they were probably just doing that because they knew that the republican party of their time was so infected with democrats beat them at their own game right Exactly. It was yeah. very it was very strategic thinking on their part. Okay. Okay. All right. So we had a Democrat running in the in the Union in the North, uh, General McClellan, who had been fighting for the you know had been leading the Union Army, mm-hmm. but he was running against uh, Lincoln, who wanted to keep this war going. Right. And in order to do that, he wanted to make sure that uh, soldiers were also voting. So they. They allowed the states to create their own absentee ballot, mail-in ballot system. They created their own ballots? Yeah, they were all allowed to just kind of decide, oh, you know, we'll just send send people Mm -hmm. down to the forts and to the campgrounds and just kind of go around and, like, ask soldiers who they want to vote for. Wow. And have them mark it down. And then, you know, they trusted, like, individuals to just bring those results back wow which yeah i mean talk about a system that's just ripe for fraud yeah and there were cases where you know they caught people who were trying to deliver false ballots which they caught them and and caught the fake ballots and everything before the election which just proves that those elections can't be trusted so how many dead soldiers voted in the election of 1864 do we know uh i think it's safe to say that at least a million wow that sounds like a lot. And that's the thing. I mean, the outcome of the election was a huge landslide for Lincoln with uh, something like 212 electoral votes mm-hmm. to McClellan's 21. And I found out that, you know, Lincoln wasn't expecting to win. He figured he was going to get beat, which makes you question then, how did we end up with such a lopsided election going the opposite direction of what everybody assumed? Yeah, it suggests that something was going wrong there. Yeah, there was some sort of funny business going along. And I think that just serves as a warning to us today that we can't trust these systems where you don't have someone looking at the person in the eye and saying, okay, you are who you say you are. Right. Honestly, could you imagine anything worse for this country than a second term of Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, it just kept the war going. I mean, yeah. all those people who who suffered and died out on the battlefield, mm. all of that could have could have ended, could have been put to a stop if he hadn't been reelected. I mean, it's actually surprising in a way that the dead soldiers didn't vote against Lincoln, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if anyone had a vested interest in bringing that war to an end, it would be the dead vote, I would think. Uh, my guess then is that they were just selfish and wanted more people to join them. That's that's selfish dead voters. That's probably true. I mean, those were dead Democrats, right? Right. Dead Democrats pretending to be Republicans. Yeah. 
now it makes total sense. It all comes together. I think the other question we got to ask, too, is, you know, 19th century civil war, warfare was pretty horrific. Medical care is not that developed. Yeah, Pe- people yeah. were losing limbs left and right. I mean, if you didn't die, you're likely to lose a limb or something. Should that person still even be allowed to vote? I mean, they're not a whole person anymore. Right. They're not a whole person. And you have to imagine that their mind is just completely destroyed having to, you know, endure some doctor with a hacksaw and no kind of anesthesia. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got to pretty much mentally reduce a person to uh, a level where they wouldn't be able to vote. Yeah. Not unlike today. I mean, we're not actively fighting a civil war, but we're in the middle of one right now. I mean, we all know this. Definitely. Uh, We are all soldiers on the battlefield. And I can't think of any better reason to not let us vote than that. Uh, It's just further evidence that that this is not going to work. Yeah. When you look at the hellish landscape that is Portland right now, can you imagine people voting and letting all those people who are going around and burning buildings and people in other parts of the country who are tearing down statues. I mean, clearly there's something wrong with them. They shouldn't be allowed near the the ballot box. Yeah, I, I mean, they would probably just burn it down or strip naked and dance around it or something, and then nobody else would want to touch it. Right. I mean, ugh. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get anywhere near that. And, and that's really another reason why we need in-person voting, because if protests do happen... We need the people in those long lines to lock arms around the building and not let the protesters in. Right. And defend it completely. Yeah. And then, you know, when the crazy naked people show up to try to vote, you can easily turn them away because you can see that they are the crazy naked people and they should not be voting. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, If you do it by mail, people could be voting in their underwear. They could be, I mean, who even knows what's going on those ballots? Yeah, just another reason not to vote by mail, for sure. One shudders to think. But uh, yeah, I've always always said one person that's prevented to vote, that's one less vote that makes our democracy stronger. No way to argue that. So take that lesson from history that mail-in voting has been a long con by Democrats of any name to really just destroy the union and to throw this country into disarray. Hmm. I think, like you said, it's telling that there's good evidence to suggest that mail-in voting at that time prolonged the Civil War. And we certainly don't want that happening now. Definitely not. If we just let this mail-in balloting go, then Joe Biden could turn out to be the Lincoln of our time. Mm -hmm. Now, what about the Electoral College? I mean, I think as as long as we're talking about voting, I think we need to talk about that. Because you you did mention that Lincoln won in a landslide of Electoral College votes. That's something that we have to be, you know, really careful with because... It's so easy for the Electoral College to possibly be corrupted Mm. because, you know, in some ways, the Electoral College is the final frontier fortress. Yeah, well, that too. (laughs) The final fortress against these urban masses in Democratic cities dictating to the rest of real America how things are going to go. Yeah. But when you allow mail in balloting and mail in voting, then that can completely overturn the system mm-hmm. and overwhelm it because the electoral college can only do you know what the people 
say and if all of this fraud happens that allows for fake ballots to be counted what's the electoral college going to do yeah here's another way to look at it people think that putting up obstacles to voting is a problem but i like to think of it this way it's kind of like an obstacle course and voting's sacred voting's valuable how are people going to value the vote if there aren't a few obstacles in their way if there isn't something like the electoral college to go against the popular vote and you know make it difficult for people's voice to be heard it's the only yeah. way we can appreciate the value of the vote right i mean if you want to win you need to be so overwhelming that you can just sweep any obstacles out of your way and if Mm -hmm. you can't do that if you can't just sweep the electoral college out of your way then you don't deserve to win yeah you clearly didn't want it enough yeah and i mean the electoral college really is i mean i'm just gonna say it i think it's the bedrock of american democracy yeah could it could it be sorry could it be the most democratic institution in our whole system I think you'd be correct in that assessment. Yeah. I mean, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a more democratic one. I mean, the electors go and cast their votes. Yep. And then Congress counts them. And then whoever has the most wins. I don't understand what the problem is there. That sounds like democracy in action to me. Yeah. It really does. And I mean, it's something that the founders created. And the founders wouldn't have made a mistake. Or they wouldn't have created it if it wasn't pro-democracy. Exactly. I mean, I kind of I, I kind of think about, like, I like to think about God. You know, like, there are a lot of things that God does that I don't understand, right? Mm-hmm. Babies get cancer. That sounds pretty bad to me, but I'm not God. Maybe yeah. there's a larger plan there. Yeah. Right? And who are we to say anything against it? Yeah. So, on the surface, maybe the Electoral College looks like... It's not the best for our voting system, our democracy, but we need to trust in the founding fathers. I mean, I don't even want to, I can't even imagine how much more intelligent they were than us. And they understood the system that they were creating. And we just need to trust that they knew what they were doing. And, you know, they were clearly appointed by God to bring this great country into existence. And so... Really, when we question the Electoral College, are we just questioning God's will? That is a very good point. I think there's a good case to be made for that. But even more than that, I just think we can't possibly understand what the Founding Fathers were thinking. And that's why we can't change anything they ever did. It would be, it's just a crazy idea to think that you could somehow, you know, go back and and change or amend the Constitution away from what was originally written there yeah i mean that sounds to me like yeah let's just write the constitution in pencil and we'll erase it every five days and just change it it just that doesn't make any sense and and that wasn't their intention no i mean that sounds like something that you get out of a stalinist uh, committee-led dictatorship and not something we have here right and, you know, if they wanted changes to be made in the, to the Constitution, why did they write it in ink? Oh, my gosh. That is so true. That is so true. Yeah. I mean, again, I think 
just to come back to the point of the electoral college, it's in the Constitution. Yep. It's in there. Mail-in voting is not. Mm-hmm. Case closed. Yeah. Mail-in voting is also not in the Bible either. I checked. Yep. So the Constitution and the Bible both against it. That's pretty clear authority to me. If those two documents don't mention something, for me, it doesn't exist. And I don't understand why people just can't realize that and accept it. So the the moral of the story is Jesus is against mail-in voting. Jefferson is against mail-in voting. Lincoln probably would have been against mail-in voting if he had known what was going on. Right, if he hadn't been advised terribly by secret time-traveling Democratic agents. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, as we always like to say, these are not the dots you're going to see connected on mainstream media. No way, no way. They're going to keep this under lock and key. Or even alternative media. They just can't see the whole picture. That's right, they just don't have the insights that you and I do, and Mm -hmm. that's why... Um, what we're doing here is such important work. Yeah. When, I don't know, Anderson Cooper or Rachel Maddow was doing their research for a segment on mail-in voting, did they sit down and read all the books of the Old Testament like I did to make sure whether it was mentioned in there or not? I don't think so. I sincerely doubt it. And let me tell you, there are some parts of Deuteronomy that are pretty slow going. But that's the kind of patriotic hero that you are, that you went through it all. I did that for this podcast and for our country. And I tip my hat to you. Thanks. (laughs) Don't tip your hat to me. Tip your hat to Jesus. Well, it's time for us to wrap up before the feds can triangulate our position. While we're fleeing the feds, please subscribe to Camofoil on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want us to keep exposing our truth to you, give us a five-star rating. If you want to continue to live in ignorance, give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to tell everyone you know to listen to us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook, including even your neighbor, who is probably a member of the Deep State. I'm Denise. I'm Matt. This is Camofoil. And remember, don't believe anything until you hear from us again, even if you never hear from us again.